Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Is hair a material? Are biscuits a material? Are crystals a material? Is plastic a material? Is porridge a material? Can gases be a material? Are eggs a material? Is water a material? What do you call everything that isn't a material? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to laugh at your question. And yet you continue to do so. <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to Handmade, the making podcast with real talk about materials. I'm your host, material scientist Anna Pajajski, and this episode I talk to embroiderer Julia Lodigana about her craft. I was first introduced to Julia through a previous guest on the podcast, Meghna Jiridar, who recommended Julia as one of the brilliant artists creating work for Meghna's platform, Let's Curate. Julia is based in Moscow, so we met and chatted online over Zoom. And I started by asking Julia how she came to embroidery. Actually, I'm quite, uh, quite new to embroidery. Uh, I've always been artsy and I've always done some kind of craft or art or mm. anything i i have a physical need to do something by my hands it's uh it's it's always been like that since my early days i've been drawing and i've been doing macrame i've been doing painting writing you know dancing mm-hmm. uh, anything you name it i've actually <laughs> done it probably but I had a few goes at embroidery and it felt so tight for me. It, uh, it felt like there was no freedom because there, you know, you had to follow the pattern and that's definitely not what I'm, what I'm about. Okay. So it kind of felt like I didn't really fit in it. Mm-hmm. And um, last year, actually somewhere around this time, a year ago, a friend of mine gifted me an online course on modern embroidery. And um, it wasn't to start for another month and, uh, from the moment when she gifted me uh, the course. And I thought, okay, well, I actually, I said, no, no, don't do that. I don't want to do embroidery. It's, <laughs> it's something, I mean, really, where is embroidery? Where is me? And, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, happily, I'm happy with what I do. I paint, I wood carve and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really don't want to do it. Uh, But she insisted. I was like, okay. And um, during this first moment, during this month before the course started, I decided, okay, let me try. I have, it was actually the the lockdown, the strict lockdown when you couldn't really go anywhere. But uh, 
I do have everything at home <laughs> for whatever you, whatever craft or anything you want to do, you'll probably find it <laughs> in my place. I Brilliant. collect uh, textiles and floss and uh, all kinds of beads and, you know, diff- anything actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I decided, okay, I have a small weird hoop, plastic hoop, uh, and uh, I have obviously lots of textiles and some floss. Let's, let's see where it takes me and um, since and then this first month without instruction without um, without any plan um, it was perfect I think it was it was actually the uh, very intense journey into myself within embroidery and seeing what I can do what I cannot do what I'm about and uh, things like that i keep saying it's uh, embroidery is hugely therapeutic as mm. i think most kinds of art uh but for the moment i think <clears throat> embroidery has been uh the best kind of art for going deep inside who you are and uh, trying to um understand and accept uh, you with your own faults and um, you know imperfections and things like that and I think it's um, that's where I started and then obviously I went through this course uh, just hanging out with the girls and seeing completely different styles and works uh, but I think I was all I kind of got prepared for this so I didn't nothing really changed for me except for I found myself within a group of interesting people who were into embroidery. And then, you know, when I went onto Instagram, I found that the community of stitchers and textile artists, it's just nothing I can compare it to because there's so much support. There's so much uh, help and um, admiration and uh, value you you feel so much value to be a part of this community that i haven't felt in any professional or artsy community that i've been a part of uh, throughout my life Mm. so yeah that's that's how it started amazing it's so nice isn't it to find that kind of community it's really interesting how um how embroidery or textile crafts in general has kind of stuck out for you um i got really into knitting a couple of years ago and still am into it and i found a similar thing the sort of online communities of knitters and crocheters and um people that are into wool is like extreme (laughs) that's true that's that's true it's uh, the support of each other's uh, you know everybody everybody keeps saying community over competition and that's exactly mm. how you feel uh, yeah because everyone has a part his own her own part in in the community and uh, you know the the co uh, how to say the co-stitchers or co-artists mm. are just so show so much respect for, for this place of yours in, in within this community. It's incredible. That's so nice. And what a good time to have gotten into it as well this year or last year. <laughs> Absolutely. I think I, I couldn't have found any better time for that, especially, you know, with quite a long and strict lockdown and mm. also my personal reasons for staying at home. So mm. it's... Um, uh, it's it's perfect. Yeah. It's just uh, it's been amazing to me, and I think I'm I've grown. I I 
developed my own style and I'm mm-hmm. still in it and I um you know I I enjoy it as much as uh, as I can actually yeah 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 um so can you tell us a bit more about the work itself what sort of materials are you working with and what processes do you use <clears throat> Well, uh, the the main, obviously, the main materials are cotton or any other textile mm. uh, and floss. Uh, it doesn't have to be embroidery floss, as I am a big fan of um, little tiny, uh, tiny words, tiny stitches. So I very often use just sewing floss mm. or uh, any other kind of thin floss uh, that you know i like to fill huge parts of the textile with very tiny stitches of mm. um of one strand floss so that that's the main thing the main the main materials mm-hmm. uh, but obviously sometimes uh, the work itself kind of demands that i add something and that's where the fun part starts because um it can be anything, and again, with so many things that I've accumulated throughout my travels or just liking to collect stuff. Um, I've uh, I've done, well, I think the, the funniest part was when I used doll's eyes on one of the pieces. Oh, wow. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it, look, it still does look to many people a little bit weird, <laughs> but... Uh, I enjoyed it hugely. I'm very much into repurposing and recycling. So in one of my pieces where I hand dyed the textile with uh, different things, Mm -hmm. uh, all kinds of natural plants and uh, uh, walnut husks and things like that. So it had very natural uh, stains, which weren't really, I mean, it, it just, like it was almost like marbling mm. uh, cool. and that work that piece actually demanded that I use something recycled and I decided to recycle some green plastic bags mm. and I've collected whatever I had at home and then my sister also brought me a huge bag of bags <laughs> <laughs> and then I created this process of recycling when I first boiled then I started beating them and then stretching them and then ironed them and uh, I got different kinds of textures uh, throughout uh, ironing depending on the pressure and on the speed of ironing and so I got something like something that I call plastic lace mm. and then um, some plastic sheets that I uh, then cut out sequins out of and different to little different shapes that I then attach to to the embroidery and it kind of has a feel that it's something organic and natural mm-hmm. and yet it's um, you understand that it's something that really doesn't exist it's something completely different it could be extraterrestrial it could be uh, from some uh, unexplored parts of the ocean or it could be you know nothing at all <laughs> <laughs> was that that's an amazing sort of preparation process that you're describing there with the plastic bags was that something that you came up with yourself kind of experimentally yeah uh, I 
I have this kind of personality. I like to reinvent uh, the wheel, so to say, because <laughs> I really like to have my own way of creating something. And uh, very often, it's probably easier to go online to YouTube or somewhere else and learn this kind of stitch or this kind of process or whatever. But I prefer to create it within my mind and then just try out and see how it works mm -hmm. uh, with plastic bags it works with some stitches it doesn't uh, doesn't always work but then i get there and i think some of them are my own creations <laughs> mm -hmm. so where do you get your inspiration from um my you know my main inspiration is during my uh, work actually it's mm. like the process itself and okay. uh, I don't ever plan uh, what it will look like or what it should look like um, I don't ever plan what it's going to be apart from maybe when I see a text that like a piece of textile that I that somehow says okay th this is my turn uh, and I guess that could be called an inspiration because I, you know, I choose it mm -hmm. and, uh, and then I choose the colors of the floss that goes with it. And as you can probably see in my works, most of them are uh, monochromatic in this or that uh, shade or hue. And um, yeah, then I get excited or obsessed with one kind of stitch and then I just make one stitch after another one after another and then suddenly it starts looking like something mm. it's uh that's where my inspiration comes from interesting so it's yeah like you say it's kind of like the the work itself sort of evolves as it as you as it as you go but you don't have any sort of plan initially absolutely never never no sketches no you know no plans no mm patterns no nothing just pour myself onto the textile and see where it takes me yeah no it hasn't actually taken me anywhere bad yet <laughs> so i guess i'm lucky <laughs> that's great <laughs> um how at the beginning of our conversation you were talking about your um your course that you took and you called it modern embroidery yeah. um how i i think some listeners might possibly think of embroidery as being quite a sort of traditional craft um how does modern embroidery <laughs> yeah yeah it has this sort of reputation right um yeah how how does modern embroidery sort of fit into the lineage of the craft I suppose yeah I suppose my question is kind of how does your work fit into that sort of story of how embroidery has evolved over the years um I think that mm, I keep saying, but then uh, sometimes I'm a little bit misunderstood, but I think in, in modern embroidery, there is nothing wrong or nothing right. You know, mm. not a single stitch is wrong, uh, but then not, not a single stitch is right either. Okay. So when you think about modern embroidery and huge amounts of different styles and, and uh, directions, um, it's incredible what you can do with just a piece of cloth and, and on a textile or not on textile because some embroider on <clears throat> different materials, including wood bark and, you mm -hmm. know, 
different things. And um, it's incredible how how free it is. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, again, with I think with all kinds of arts that have evolved from from more classical, uh, uh, how to say, more cla more classical styles. Mm -hmm. um, you can see that embroidery also, you know, yeah, you can do all kinds of abstract embroidery and it will have its own piece in, in modern art history, I'm mm -hmm. sure, mm -hmm. uh, as well as incorporating some classic styles or classic uh, elements into it. And then, you know, you can combine as well as, again, colors and shapes and uh, techniques, everything. I, I mean... This is this is something that just gives you wings, and you can you can do whatever you can fly wherever with with just being close to your hoop. <laughs> How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. <laughs> It'd be awesome to hear a story of a sort of a particularly special piece of work that you've made. Have you got a, a favorite or a, or a favorite story behind a piece of work? Um. <clears throat> Uh, you know, I guess I have to start with uh, saying that I'm not so much into the finished product itself. It, for me, the most important is the process. Mm. And uh, so much so that when the works are finished, I, I sometimes actually don't believe that I've done this. Uh, and I have a difficulty naming them because they, I don't really feel like they belong to me, you know, because it's uh, the process 
was most important that I've taken out of, you know, this this period of my life that I devoted to a, mm. to a work. I am extremely lucky that the finished product is, you know, not too bad I guess (laughs) and uh, my pieces are traveling to private collections uh, all over the world but uh, then again uh, you know the most important is what I have inside me left after working on this piece Mm -hmm. so from this point of view obviously uh, the most special piece uh, pieces I guess, are the ones that I do while being close to my family, to my dad. Uh, And, you know, something that gives me great memories, something that uh, gives me great understanding of, again, who I am and uh, where I'm coming from and uh, what Mm -hmm. I'm about. Uh, so one of such pieces was, um, it, it was called My Tiny Treasure. It lives in St. Petersburg now in, in uh, Russia. It's, um, it's actually quite tiny comparing to all my other works. It's only 10, 13 centimeters in diameter. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's made of only uh, three shades of gray. Uh, and it's all French knots, just little French knots. And it's uh, one of the most meditative techniques for me. And uh, I've done it when I was uh, staying with my dad, who was bedridden. And uh, I knew that I wouldn't really have much time because, you know, nursing and uh, mm. trying to spend as much time talking to him and being there in the moment. Mm. So I just in case that I would have this time, I took like a little tiny piece of cloth and uh, those three shades of gray. And it just somehow, you know, being close to him and talking and and remembering things that we've done together in my, me as a child. And, uh, you know, then uh, later on Mm. Um, and just finding myself in the moment, understanding the fragility of life and, uh, uh, that our life ends at some point and we have to cherish every single moment that we actually have. Uh, This is mostly about my dad, but also about myself that I really need to understand how being here and now, you know, is the most precious thing that we have, Mm -hmm. in fact. So I I think it's that one, Uh, but each and every piece obviously has it has brought me some some beautiful discoveries about myself which I will cherish I'm sure yeah that's really beautiful I was going to ask you what you think about when you're embroidering but I think maybe you just answered that question already (laughs) yeah I I think so I think it's difficult to say uh, that I'm thinking about something you know it's like a meditation if you've meditated Mm. and you understand the um the process of basically standing on the, you know, on the riverside and seeing your thoughts mm-hmm. pass by and not trying to take any one of them or follow any one of them. You just stand there and watch. Yeah. And I think it's it's exactly what's happening with me and the embroidery. Mm, that's so interesting. I get the same thing. I do... Um long distance endurance swimming and I get the same thing doing that 
Um, I guess because I, I think I think it's very similar. Yeah, it should yeah. be. <laughs> yeah, I guess wow. both are quite sort of um, <laughs> quite repetitive actions as well. I think that is key with these sorts of things, um, like rhythmic actions. Yeah, and then and then again, you um, when you're doing the long endurance swim or you know the the longer um, works mm. with meditative similar motions that you repeat again and again yeah. it's uh you're definitely not there for the moment when you're saying oh i'm done yeah you know you you're there for for this and uh, yeah. lately i've caught myself uh thinking i haven't put out anything new you know, on my instagram account for for a while because i've been working for too long on this mm. you know the commission that i've had and i just felt this thing just I think for the first time I felt I really need to speed up and then right what <laughs> why <laughs> I, I mean nothing will change you just you know you continue you're here for that you're yeah. here for this one stitch just one stitch at a time and that's it and I think it's a perfect description uh what it is to me yeah definitely um I'm interested in what has surprised you the most in your sort of relatively short time in embroidery? Because we spoke earlier about our perhaps preconceived ideas about what embroidery is and and kind of its traditions. Um, yeah, what surprised you the most? I'd say, uh, I'd say, I'd say the freedom of it. Mm. You know, because again, uh, having had a few you know, attempts uh, with embroidery and trying to follow the, you know, the outline of a flower or something mm. uh, is one thing. And then um, you just let yourself go. And then with only thread and on with, in my case, it's on textile, but it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be textile. It, it can be anything. Uh, you can create so much you can create different textures you can create different emotions you can create um 3d elements with only floss uh mm. and that's incredible and you know i'm i'm quite proud of my um, proud and happy uh of how they come out my 3d elements and uh, the tassels that i really love to incorporate in my works and some, at some point, of course, I, I do add either, you know, some embellishments, but the base of the work is just floss. And uh, it can be so, you know, um, it's, it's just like, what is it? Uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's incredible. It's 2D, it's 3D, mm. it's uh, flat, it's... Uh, you know, it can be anything. You can do anything with floss, and that's that's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's next for you then? Are there any sort of unanswered um, questions that you'd like to to follow up on, or have you got any big works uh, in mind? You know, in that interview that you've uh, read, I I mentioned that you know I'm quite. I think I found a perfect balance between. Uh, the size, the texture, the colors that I use. And then since then, I got this uh, completely different commission um, for 
such a foreign palette for me. It's in chocolate and it's uh, nothing, no bright contrasts, no, it was just, it's very strict uh, requirements, no sequence, no, you know, no nothing. <laughs> it can have stones in it, but it, you know, it has uh-huh. to, re- it has to be very calm. It has to okay. remind you of mountains and things like that. Right. So it was, it's just, you know, uh, once I say something like, I'm perfect in in a place where I am. Um, there is something that happens that kind of takes me to a completely different um, direction and takes me out of this. You know, I hate this word, uh, but uh, out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's perfect. I follow gladly. I love to see what comes out in the end, but. Uh, the process itself, especially with, with this chocolate palette uh, piece, it's it's been incredible because uh, I am about color. I am about bold colors. I am about contrasts. I am about things that don't exist in nature. I'm about neon colors and, you know, all mm-hmm. kinds of things that uh, don't necessarily seem or feel organic but with them I kind of create organic shapes and here I had to start with organic color going into organic shapes and and Mm. things like that so yeah I don't know what's next for me I think uh, the most uh, how to say the best way to put it is that I just want to continue stitching and then see where it takes me Uh, and I definitely won't say that I found perfect balance of size because you know I already start having ideas of maybe trying something bigger or maybe going really small it's Mm. um let's see (laughs) oh I'm looking forward to keeping in touch and having a look at what you're up to next (laughs) I I'd be very happy for that (laughs) if um if listeners have enjoyed hearing about um your adventures in embroidery is it easy for people just to pick it up and give it a go how can people get involved in this well as i said you know i decided to try it out but i again i'm lucky because i have everything and should another lockdown come i can start (laughs) completely different craft and and still have everything uh, needed for that at home uh, without needing to go out and getting it so uh, if you're lucky enough to have a piece of cloth and some some floss just uh, I always say I think it's most important it's it's important to see what everybody else is doing but it's most important to just try a few pieces without actual plan without Mm -hmm. actual idea I want to do this mountain or I want to do this flower just start and see where it takes you and then I think this is the um, the best way to see a, if it's for you, B, if it's for you, then what should be your style? C, mm. um, what kind of uh, objects or, you know, what kind of pieces you can make? Uh, what's your color and things like that. It's just the, uh, until you try, you can't really know because I am, what I thought I would be in embroidery 
you know, because I've traveled so much and I've collected so many traditional costumes and headpieces and jewelry and uh, textiles and ornaments and things like that. And having spent my childhood in Africa and have being in love with all kinds of traditional tribal ornaments, uh, which are very geometric most most in most cases. Uh, I thought that's what I would be, you know. I thought I'd be very bold and contrasty, uh, geometric pattern style works. Uh, but once I started, I found out that I am a completely different person, <laughs> you know. And also thinking that having painted with huge uh, strokes of paint and, you know, very inaccurate and... Uh, very open to interpretation, although I think my embroidery is also open for <laughs> interpretation. But, uh, you know, being like really, there was, I think, some rage inside me that I was trying to get out with these huge strokes of paint. Mm. And then finding out that I am actually that person with what my friends call tweezer fingers you know I am I really like to do small stuff it's uh, like it's it's incredible and it's a journey of uh, just finding out who you are I think if you are thinking whether embroidery is for you or not then just try and then try without a plan that's that's the main idea <laughs> Brilliant. And if people want to see what you're up to and see examples of your works, where can they find you online? Um, I, I think I can join uh, your club of uh, difficult surnames to pronounce, <laughs> uh, but yet, uh, you know, I don't want to change the name of my Instagram. So I will first say, then spell it. It's uh, jlodigina underscore art. So it is J-L-O-D-Y-G-U-I-N-A underscore art. Fantastic. So that's where I am. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much for chatting to me today. It's been fascinating to hear your perspective on embroidery. Um, and thank kind you, of, Anna. It's been really nice because you, you've come at this from such a sort of fresh perspective I think um, and it's really inspirational to see you having come so far in such a short space of time it really shows that if we put our minds to something then we can actually um, achieve really fantastic things so um, yeah you've been really inspirational so thank you so much for chatting to me thank you so much for having me Anna it was a huge pleasure so that was the fabulous Julia Ludigina. Thanks so much to her for coming on the podcast and sharing her relatively newfound passion for embroidery. I hope it's inspired some listeners to get stitching too. Before I do the usual credits, I just wanted to begin the hype that my first book, Handmade, A Scientist's Search for Meaning Through Making, is coming out incredibly soon on the 13th of May. Um, you can pre-order it now preferably from an independent bookshop. Um, or if you want to, if audio is your thing, then you can hold up for the audiobook version, which I believe will be out at the same time, um, which I recorded the other week. It was a lot of fun. I sat on my own in a in a studio for three whole days, which felt just like one very long podcast episode where I was essentially just interviewing myself. 
Um, but I promise it's going to be good to listen to, hopefully, better than I made it sound just then. Um, I won't say much more about the book now because there's going to be a very special episode of the podcast coming up in a couple of weeks, focused all on the book. But if you want to keep up to date with um, exactly you know what's going on with the release, um, all the exciting stuff surrounding it, then you can follow me on social media at Anna Pajaisky. Um, there's a link to that in the show notes. And that's everything for now for this episode. So as always, it'd be awesome if you could like, subscribe and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Um, you can say hi to us on social media. We're on Twitter at Real Talk, that's R-I-A-L Talk, and on Instagram at Handmade Pod. If you'd like to support the podcast with a one-time financial donation, you can do so at supporter.acast.com forward slash handmade. Thanks to everyone who's already done that. It really does help to keep the podcast momentum going. As always, a massive thanks to Dave Shepard for our awesome cover art and to Alex Lathbridge for the music mix. Next week, I'll be talking to Canadian leather maker Daniel Stein. So until then, take very good care and I'll speak to you next time on Handmade. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.